My next guest is someone who is really out of this world. No one is safe when they're in his presence. And he has performed over 650 shows across the globe, sold over 500,000 tickets. I'm sure he has visited the Pearly Gates more than once with his outrageous, spectacular stunts. And insurance companies rocket their premiums when they hear his name. It's the one and only magician, hypnotist, mentalist, escapologist and biometric hacker, Mr. Keith Barry. Keith, you're very welcome into the studio. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's good to be here. <laughs> now, that's uh, quite a resume you have <laughs> it is, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so listen, I want to go back to basics with you for a minute. Mm. Tell us what it was like for you growing up and getting in, getting involved with magic and all this stuff that you do be doing? Well, I started off with a Paul Daniels magic set when I was just five years of age. And every Christmas after that, like Christmas just gone, I would get a, a magic set. And it kind of snowballed on from there. When I was 14, I got a book called The Klutz Book of Magic when I was on a school tour in Scotland. And straight away, I started performing in the public arena, uh, you know, doing everything from kids' parties to birthday parties. And then I also started performing kids' magic. Uh, and then as, uh, as a side w- uh, step from that, I started to learn about hypnosis. And that's when I started to mix hypnosis into what I do. Uh, and then I came to college here in Galway for wow. four years. I studied uh, science and graduated uh, with a, a BSc, an honours BSc, uh, predominantly in chemistry. And then I became a cosmetic scientist. Uh, and then eventually I just jumped out of that and went into magic full time. So that's kind of as quickly as I can, uh, <laughs> synopsizing my whole career, you know. Wow, yeah. Would you have had any influences then kind of in studying all this in the background? Would you have had any family that would have been doing this to kind of get like, get you into it? Or was it just raw that you... No, my, like my dad was a performer. So he's an amazing singer. And he used to always perform in the tops of the town, as it was known back okay. then, uh, down in Waterford, which was a kind of a huge talent show. And he performed a lot of show bands and things like that. But when he went, my mum, uh, she literally said to him, it's either entertainment or me. She gave him the ultimatum and he, he chose her. Uh, so I do remember when I met my uh, girlfriend way back when, and who's my wife now, pretty early when I was like 17, I said to her, don't ever make me choose because I'll be choosing the entertainment. Um, so she never made me choose. So here we are okay. 20, however many years later, you know. Fair play, fair play. Uh, as I said there in the intro of the, so- intro of the show that you've done a lot of stunts and stuff over the years. You've lied on your back in ice and mm. in, on television and stuff. Like, Do you ever get worried that these things could go seriously wrong? Yeah, but the one you might just mentioned, I actually buried myself in a ton of ice for 47 minutes. And, uh, you know... People who are, I suppose, watching this stuff on television or even on Facebook, they wonder, oh, is it real? Is it not real? Um, but that was real. Like, I actually got really, really ill after that for a full three weeks. Um, I won't go into detail because okay. it's pretty gruesome stuff. <laughs> but uh, just imagine the worst food poisoning you've had for three solid weeks. So that's how sick I got. And it turns out my kidneys had shut down. Uh, but they slowly recuperated over the three weeks. So yeah. uh, ultimately, I actually ended up fine. Um, but yeah, look, you know, you always end up with these injuries. You know, right now I'm suffering with um, detached muscles off my uh, left rib cage, And I've had that for about a year. So, and I keep going to the sports surgery clinic in Santry in Dublin uh, to try and help me with that because it's a really awkward kind of injury. So yeah, I'm covered in injuries and all that kind of stuff. But it's par for the course with what you do, you know, uh, as uh, not just a mentalist and hypnotist, I'm also an escapologist. There is that uh, physical physicality to it and you always uh, get injured you know and how would you prepare for like the all, all over these live shows between tv and on stage what what does a, what's involved to get all this going uh, insofar as the research research or? and production and all what, what, well it's huge you know i suppose 
you know, with the television, there's obviously, uh, you know, there's a director, there's a producer, so there's a huge amount of personnel involved in what you see is the end product on TV. And then, you know, I'm starting to work on series two now with the Keith Barry experience for RTE, and I've got to start developing the material for that while I'm on tour. Uh, and that involves me just brainstorming with a couple of magicians, Jose, who's holding the camera over there. Yeah. And we sit down, I bounce ideas off of them. Um, so that's kind of that part of it. And then with my tour, I nearly always develop that on my own. So I love researching uh, my live shows. So my current live show is called Insanity. And I researched people from history who were either deemed insane or genius because there is that blurred line between insanity and genius. Um, So in this current show, there's inspirations from Salvador Dali, from Van Gogh, uh, Kim Peek, who was otherwise known as the Rain Man. Um, So I researched insanity and genius. And then the, the demonstrations come out of that, really, you know. So in the insanity show... You know, I give somebody a permanent superhuman memory uh, who is, you know, otherwise just had a normal memory until they came okay. up on stage. I give somebody uh, extra strength, flexibility and balance when I'm they come up on stage. I'm just going to put my hands up over here when we're finished this interview. You can do all of the above that you just mentioned. Well, just come to the black box tonight or tomorrow night <laughs> on there. your own. I, I'm there already, so yeah, don't yeah. worry, I'm there. Yeah, perfect. I'll bring you up on stage. So, oh, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry I said anything now. <laughs> I know, yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, so a lot of fun. And then the second half, I get the audience... Uh, to think of the most insane thoughts that they've ever thought about and I hack into their brains and figure out those insane, weird, bizarre thoughts. And we've had some crazy thoughts over the tour so far. So like one guy I revealed that 25 years ago he threw a rock through a moving car. Um, Now luckily nobody was injured but then he hid in a horse box afterwards. So that was his insane thought. Um, Somebody else, uh, a a lady, she had had trouble with an ex-boyfriend so she broke into his house and destroyed his bedroom. So these are the kind of insane thoughts that are being revealed nightly. Now I know people are listening they're probably thinking well that sounds great but I'm definitely not going to go in case um, in case I might reveal their innermost thoughts but the important point to note is on the way into the black box tonight and all the other venues that I'm at we leave 500 metres of tinfoil at the front door and some people think this is a joke this is not a joke if you make a tinfoil hat and wear a tinfoil hat throughout the show that means you've opted out you can kick back relax and enjoy the performance for what it is so uh, for example you're a good self you can do that yourself you can just kick back relax and enjoy the show without any fear of landing on the stage so uh, yeah just make your tinfoil hats in the Glen Royal last week with about 150 people wearing tinfoil hats all through the show that's amazing absolutely amazing now I want to ask you though can people like if you bring up someone on stage I'm sure you've like an, a lot of on stage mishaps as well as mm. but can people's brains can everybody have their brain hacked or you know can you actually hack in or is there like a boundary that some people can put up? No, there's a thing called neuroplasticity where our brains are malleable and they change over time and actually somebody like me can play on that. So I love skeptics coming up on stage. People that, you know, will always say, oh, he won't get me. He won't hypnotize me. He won't hack my brain. I love them. And I actively (laughs) encourage them to come to the show and challenge me and get up on stage and see, can I do it? Because I can. Um, Because I know how skeptics think. And skeptics think very linearly. They all think the same way. And I use that against them uh, in the context of a live show. Um, So I believe everybody can have their brain hacked and everybody can be hypnotized uh, once I know how they think. So I have to quickly form formulate, figure out how somebody thinks and then I can use that against them uh, which is great. So like for example, you're a good self I, I can get a baseline on you really quickly here, okay. so let's do this, look watch okay, so, so here, here, here's how we'll get your baseline I've got a dice here, a dice, some people call them, take the dice okay. okay, roll it a couple of times so that people know different numbers come up, so throw it on the table yeah. okay, what number is that? Five. Okay, roll it again, just make sure five doesn't continuously come up okay. go again 
Six. Six. So yeah. different numbers coming up. So this time you're going to roll it again. Okay. okay? But you're not going to show the camera or me, and you're not going to tell anybody what number it lands on. So I'll close my eyes, roll it, and then remember what number it lands on. Then just cover it with your hand so it stays on that number. Okay. 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 Cover it up. Right. Okay. It's covered, okay. yeah. Okay, do you know what number it is? I do, yes. Okay, that's important because I'm going to look at you in a moment. Okay. And I'm going to ask you, is it a one, is it a two, is it a three, is it a four, is it a five, is it a six? Say no. Put it down on the table, so make sure you keep it on the same number. Put it on the table. Okay, yeah. Okay. Is it on the table? Hang on, no, I'm after losing the number. Yeah, That's okay. Yeah, yeah. Put it on the table, that number yeah. facing up. Yeah. Okay, look at me. I'm going to ask you, is it a one? No, no, cover it. Okay. Okay, I can see it now. It's a okay. five. No, no. Uh, so roll it okay. on the table and then put your hand over it so... Nobody knows what number is facing up. Okay, okay I'll close my eyes. Okay, there's a new number and it's facing up on the table, right? Okay, look at me. Okay, don't say anything. Just uh, think no. Every time I ask you, think no. That's all you need okay, to do. Okay, think okay, no. Gotcha. Look at me. Is it a one? No. Is it a two? No. Is it a three? No. Is it a four? No. Is it a five? No. Is it a six? No. Okay, I told you to think no, but you actually said no. It meant you were over ear there. So okay. I'm going to say it's definitely a one. Is it a one? Yes, yes. It is a one. Yeah. Okay, go again. Go again. Be sure to cover it with your hand so I can't see it. So roll it. Okay. okay roll it. Yeah. And then cover it with your hand. Yeah. Okay, look at me. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I want you to focus on whether it's a one, two, three, four, five, six. Don't say it, just think. I'm going to go to four. Is it a four? Yes. It is a four, yeah. yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay, but now that I've got your baseline, it allows me to do something else. You see, uh, by rolling a die or a dice, that creates randomness, right? Okay. But let's go with something even more random, your PIN number for your bank card. Okay. Now, how many people know your PIN number for your bank card? Well, hopefully no one, just me. <laughs> no one, just you, right? Yeah. Okay, so look at me. Okay. Try not to think of your PIN number. By trying not to think of it, that'll actually make it uh, more difficult for oh, me. So, okay. But when you try not to think of something, it's very difficult. So, for example, if I tell all of your listeners right now to uh, try not to think of a giant pink elephant, okay. immediately you think of a giant pink elephant. <laughs> yeah. So I want you to look at me. Try not to think of the first digit in your PIN number. Try not to th okay. Don't say anything, just look at me. Okay, okay. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, zero, zero, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. The first digit of your PIN number is a four. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Okay, focus on the second digit in your PIN number. Don't say it, just think it. Okay, try not to think of the second one. Really try oh, not okay, to think it. I'm really yeah. trying to raise it. And when you do that, you see technically people jump to the third digit, and that's what oh, you did in your <laughs> mind, didn't you? Yes. You started to think of the third digit. Okay, one, two, three, four. Third digit is a one, is that correct? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> this is insane. Okay, look at me. Focus on your PIN number. Don't say it, just think yeah. it. Okay, I'm going to say... You'll have to change it, but is your pin number, be honest, 4217? Yes. Yes. <laughs> change your pin number after the show. You're not normal, Keith. I'm <laughs> telling you that now. People should be very afraid. Anyway, back to the interview for us, if we can, if possible. Um, I can't believe you just did that. I know. <laughs> oh, anyone be warned, be warned. Wear the tinfoil hats. Um, He'll be at the show tonight, so if you want to mug him, tonight's the night. <laughs> It'll be well changed, hopefully. So have you had any on-stage mishaps over the years where, you, where things have went completely wrong and you've had to just, like, quickly turn things around? Yeah, like, well, in the Olympia a couple of years ago, I used to do a 100-foot rope escape, uh, which basically was a challenge between me and two audience members where they would come up, they would tie me to a chair with a 100-foot of rope any way they wanted, and then they would wrap my head with cling film so I couldn't see or breathe. And this particular night... 
Um, I fell over, I winded myself, inhaled a load of cling film and passed out on the stage. And that was the end of the show right there. The curtains came down, the audience thought it was part of the show, but it wasn't part of the show. Uh, and then I got carted off the hospital. But like, ultimately, uh, you know, sometimes these escapes can and will go wrong. That's why if you're doing an escape, you always put it at the end of the show. So everybody's had, <laughs> they've had their two hours value of money yeah. uh, to that point. So that there's actually grainy footage of that up on YouTube. You can actually okay. find that on YouTube, that happening. So that was one moment. And, uh, and the, the worst though for me is when I, you see, when you travel as much as I do, mm. at least, I'm going to say once a year, you get food poisoning, right? Okay. Uh, it's part of the course of being an entertainer. Uh, but then, because you eat out just so much, right? Uh, uh, but one night I did have food poisoning before I went on stage in Killarney. Um, so I kept running off the stage and getting sick and getting sick on the stage and behind chairs and people thought it was part of the show but the thing is for me the show always must go on yeah, so okay. I had really really bad food poisoning and then I collapsed in the dressing room afterwards and I had to get an emergency doctor out and all that kind of stuff um, so so that's even worse for me than an escape going wrong because you know you just have to battle on through you know yeah wow that's, that's fair play to ever keep on going and keep them with it yeah you gotta do it and do you find it hard with all the stuff that you do and I have to talk about the the clip that was on TV on your Keep Our Experience mm. you were hanging what, what was it 100 feet about 150 feet, feet yeah, yeah. up in the air and you kind of passed out for a second yeah like when when people see this and when you ring up health insurance companies do they run away from you <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, you know, it's just, it's an extra risk loaded onto your insurance. Yeah. So, you know, obviously with health insurance, yeah, I, I, like I have an insurance <laughs> policy. So if I if I pass away in the course of duty, my wife gets a fancy payout. Yeah. Uh, but the premium is quite high on that. So, uh, but look, you know, for me, it's all about getting the training right, mm. uh, making sure that I'm in good physical condition so like everybody now after having a, a great Christmas I gotta uh, tighten in the screws and on Monday get back to the gym and stuff like that get my rib cage healed up uh, for the second set of the Keith Barry experience mm. so I can do these stunts again you know yeah do you get nervous about any of these stuff then like, like, surely there's a part of you in the back of your head going why am I doing this yeah I mean look I always get nervous because if you don't get nervous it means A you don't care yeah. and then B if you don't get nervous that's when you're liable to make a mistake a healthy, a healthy level of nerves I think brings on a good performance so you know by being a bit nervous you're extra cautious like if I'm doing an underwater escape I double check triple check everything yeah. um, and then you need to learn how to just turn those uh, I suppose nervous thoughts into positive energy for a yeah. show so even before a show such as tonight uh, tomorrow night in the black box you know I'll get nervous before I go on the stage but then the moment I get on the stage the nerves tend to leave me and then I just get into the performance of it adrenaline you know? kind of kicks exactly, in exactly like, yeah, yeah. so after all these shows like what's your downtime like because I know you're probably so chaotic starting off things what do you actually like to do when you're not on stage trying to escape from cages well it's a good question actually because uh, there's two things I love doing one of which I'm going to do this weekend while I'm up here in Galway so I'm hoping to jump into the car uh, when I say I'm hoping to I'm definitely going to do it but it's just where I go so I'm hoping to go into the car tomorrow down to Carl Strand mm -hmm. and go for a swim in the sea so I love swimming in the sea all year round no wetsuit just get in there I think it kicks in the energy uh, kicks in the adrenaline I love that um, so it's just whether or not I do that in Strand Hill or actually get to 
uh, Carl Strand tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is fishing. So I love fishing. So, cool. you know, you could find me standing in the middle of the Carb River here fishing for salmon uh, at any time of year. I come up here fishing quite a bit. I, I, you know, I fish all year round. Um, right now it's winter cod season, so uh, I'm down in Waterford fishing quite a bit. Um, so kind of, yeah, fishing is my getaway. And then my third thing, I suppose, would be uh, I just got a log cabin put into my back garden, and that's really a library for me in a creative space. So I love reading. So there are the three things, fishing, swimming, and reading. They're the, the, the three getaways for me. And what would be your favourite stunt of them all that you've done? I suppose what still sticks out is I was certainly the first to drive a car at speed blindfolded whilst hijacking a celebrity. So <laughs> uh, I did. It, I initially did it with Catherine Thomas on Close Encounters with Keith Barry, which is going back a good while now. That's yeah. 2003 okay. on RT. And then I did it again in 2006 with Nicole Scherzinger from the Pussycat Dolls. Right, okay. um, and they stand out as being kind of really amazing moments in my life, just hijacking celebrities and driving them at 70 miles an hour whilst completely blindfolded down. Uh, certainly in Nicole Scherzinger's case, it was down a canyon road. So if I got it wrong, we were going off a canyon uh, together you know, to our deaths. So, uh, and Nicole's become a good friend since then. Yeah. So uh, they'd be the two moments that definitely stand out. You can catch those out on my YouTube channel actually so if people want to check out YouTube or Instagram I'm Keith Barry Official on Instagram I've got a lot of the clips up there and out of all the things that you've done and venues and stuff is there still one on your bucket list that you'd love to go and perform on um there's no one venue really I mean I headlined a Planet Hollywood a couple of years ago which was a dream, a dream come true to headline in Las Vegas so I think I'd like to headline in Las Vegas again yeah. um, no particular hotel but I'd just love another go at the strip again because I really enjoyed my time there and you know it is any magician's dream to perform in Las Vegas so to get back there to headline there again would be an amazing opportunity and then you know maybe somewhere in the UK maybe one of the big West End theatres in the UK I'd love that as well so uh, both of those would be brilliant you know Speaking of um, celebrities and stuff and over in the US now, now you've done your shows all over the globe but one of the big things is what I, I've been reading here about is you were a part of the Now You See Me movie franchise so you mm. worked with Morgan Freeman Woody yeah. Harrelson that's absolutely amazing so can you give us an insight of what your input was for the movies yeah it was amazing like so on, on uh, Now You See Me 1 I worked predominantly with Woody Harrelson and then worked on uh, the script for two weeks but then on Now You See Me 2 I worked on the script from day zero uh, so right through from uh, when there was no script at all all the way through to the finished script and the finished movie so uh, when we finished uh, writing the script I helped uh, like I helped Ed Solomon write all the magic for, for Now You See Me 2 Um they then asked me to go on set for three months uh, over nice. in um, Longcross Studios in London. So I went over there. Uh, I was there for three months. So yeah. I worked with all of the actors that time around. So Lizzie Kaplan, I taught her how to produce the doves. Dave Franco, I did the three-card sequence with him and developed that specifically with him in mind. Um, and then obviously Morgan Freeman, I worked yeah. with him a little bit as well. Um, so yeah, that was just an amazing experience. you know. And they kind of treated me, for anybody who's seen the movies, you know, uh, they are uh, the predominant actors are known as the four horse they treated yeah. me actually like a fifth horseman uh, nice. behind the scenes which was amazing and um, yeah actually and now you see me too if anybody ever sees it again if they've got it recorded um, when Lizzie Kaplan produces those doves um, she turns to an audience member and says there's a pigeon in your pants and he opens up his pants and a pigeon flies out <laughs> yeah. I was officially Mr. Pigeon Pants and now you see me too oh, really? so if you pause it at that moment in time you can actually see that it was me so that was my little cameo role and, and my claim to fame as the the Mr. Pigeon Pants and oh. now you see me too Brilliant I'll have to look back on that I have it mm. on DVD I love those movies they're fantastic Thanks When I heard that you were behind it I was like of course Yeah 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 no, it was great fun <laughs> 
Yeah, and to be an Irish man on set as well must have been a bit of crack. <laughs> yeah, it was brilliant. Like, we were always doing magic behind the scenes all the time, me and all the actors. And then when I met Morgan Freeman, I hacked into his brain and I told him about a childhood friend of his called Boo Boo that he hadn't thought about in 50 years. And he completely freaked out. Wow. Um, so that was kind of an amazing moment. And again, that moment was captured uh, as a photograph right at that exact moment that I was hacking into his brain. And again, that photograph is up on my Instagram page, Keith Barry Official, if people want to check it out. Brilliant. Keith, thanks so much for coming in and chatting to me today. The Insanity Tour has started and as you said earlier on, you're in Galway the 3rd or 4th of January in the black box here. You're you're in Carlo, Carrick on Shannon, Killarney, Clonmel, Arklo, Ennis, Cavan, Kilkenny, Limerick, Wexford, Waterford, Athlone, Ballina, Letterkenny. Two big nights in Dublin on the 5th and 6th of March in the Olympia Theatre. Um, so make sure you get your tickets. All, all information on uh, Keith's uh, tour is on the Keith Barry website. And all on your social media pages. Exactly, well. yeah, yeah. So make sure you go grab your tickets now, folks, because I guarantee you it's not one to be missed. Hopefully nothing goes wrong in Galway. I hope you survive the whole tour. <laughs> well, hopefully. I'll be getting electrocuted tonight and tomorrow night on stage. Uh, we won't go into too much detail on that, <laughs> but I actually will be getting electrocuted. So that's uh, a dangerous aspect to it. And then... Uh, the end of the show is quite dramatic. Let's just put it that way. And the whole audience will be involved. Right. Brilliant. Keith Barry, once again, thanks for being Take it easy and hopefully you'll come back in when you're back in Galway. I definitely and will. Thanks. Brilliant. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Take it Cheers. easy.